Monday again, Browns fans. Woo! Welcome to the Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns. Andy McNamara alongside Matt Florjancic. Oh, baby. Seven and three, folks. Seven and three in second place in the AFC North. How about that? Get us on Twitter. We want to know your game balls, how you're feeling over this win. Browns 22-17 winners against the Philadelphia Eagles. Seven and three and Matt five and one at home. As was the previous two games, ugly, sloppy weather, but you come away with the W and that's all that matters. That's it, brother. When you're in a playoff hunt, it doesn't have to look pretty and it doesn't have to be filled with a bunch of highlight reel moves. All it has to be is effective, and that's exactly what the Browns have been the last few weeks. It hasn't been easy. It hasn't been pretty, but that's okay. It's Ohio in the fall. It's not really pretty once it hits November weather-wise, so if you can keep winning this kind of stuff, that's good for business. Let's go. And, Matt, hey, you know what? Uh, We had Miles Garrett. Out, of course, and news coming out this afternoon that he will also miss next week. Kevin Stefanski confirmed that. So he will also miss the Jacksonville Jaguars game. We were waiting to to find out sort of when that first point would be considered of, of uh, symptoms. And it looks like he will miss that second game. So that's unfortunate. However, um, Olivier Vernon, uh, wh- where have you been all my life? Three, three sacks, including a safety, five total sacks. My goodness, talky talky, walky walky, and winny winny, Matt. Right into the uh, pick six. Holy, Denzel Ward playing out of his mind got an interception. Like, let's go. Unbelievable. The defense did what we've been asking them to do all season, and seemingly they have been unable to do it. And that is step up and make big plays by guys not named Miles Garrett. And maybe, just maybe, by doing that, Yesterday, they proved to themselves that, hey, you know, yeah, we miss Miles, and obviously we want to have him here, but we got to give him some freaking help. Yes. <laughs> like when he's yes. here, we got to help him out. Exactly. Adrian Claiborne with a one and a half sacks. Ogan Joby with a half sack. Like, yes, that's what we're looking for. And Matt, I don't know what the heck is wrong with Carson Wentz. I'm glad it continued yesterday. There's something broken there. I don't know if it's the quarterback, the coaching staff, the playbook, or all of the above, but they somehow are still in first place in that wretched NFC East, and he he, he looks broken. Like, he looked awful. Yeah, I don't know what it is, honestly, um, if his confidence is just shot or what, but there's a, a change of scenery might be uh, – might might be due at some point, whether it be for him or maybe a change in coaches. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to fire a guy that just won you the Super Bowl like yeah. four years ago, but still, I, he's got to figure out a way to get your quarterback to play better, or you got to get a new quarterback. And they drafted one in Jalen Hurts, but they it just doesn't seem like they're ready to give him um, – the ball quite yet yeah and you know the tough thing is too like we're not in philly we don't see the practice we don't hear really every day so who maybe he's not picking it up maybe he's not getting the chance who knows but in any case that's not our problem that's your problem philadelphia and we we rolled matt what impressed me one of the most things outside of the defense on the offensive side 
Like that first half, Philly just stuffing the run. Oh, damn thing. What the heck? And Matt, again, we go to Kevin Stefanski. And he is relentless. I cannot think of another Browns coach since 1999 who would have stuck with the run as much as he did. And he did, and it paid off. Fourth quarter, finally they busted through. Chubb went 114 yards, a big chunk of that coming with that 50-plus yard run. Kareem Hunt, 13 carries for 11 yards, but had that that leaping, that Superman touchdown. They just keep sticking with it. And, like, Matt, I just can't get over that. We're getting really good coaching. We are, and it's easier, I think, when you have two backs that are very capable of breaking a play open yes. at any second with Chubb and Hunt. Um, I will give the the coaches since 99 largely the benefit of the doubt. We didn't have the kind of talent that we have in the back. Well, we, we would occasionally have one back, like Jamal Lewis at the tail end of his career, or Peyton Hillis that one year. But we had once you, you took them out of the game, you knew what was going on. Right. You can't say that anymore because because Kareem Hunt can run just as effectively as he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So you're you're at a completely different plane and uh, than other editions of the Browns since their return in '99. But I, I credit Stefanski for sticking with it because, like you said, I don't think any coach that they've had previously would have done that. So Hell, patient. we know that they didn't do it because they had Nick Chubb with Carlos Hyde, and they refused to use Nick mm-hmm. Chubb. So mm-hmm. it it boggles the mind that it took, you know, three coaching changes <laughs> to get to the point where we figured out a guy who could utilize the skills of Nick Chubb properly, but that's what we have now in Kevin Stefanski. And we will take it. Now, Baker Mayfield, third straight game with no touchdowns thrown, third straight game with no interceptions. Now, did lose a fumble, uh, a sack fumble there, wet day, you know, but uh, the Browns overcame that anyway. Um, Matt, but when people just look at the stat line, it's like, he hasn't had a touchdown in three games. One, the weather has been horrendous. Now, should you still be throwing passing touchdowns? Probably. But what I look at is the completions. Now, he should have had, there should have been a touchdown to the, the low throw uh, to Bryant and the high throw to Hooper in the end zone. That's on Baker, okay? But the other ones where he's converting the first downs, Matt, where you're getting a throw to Rashard Higgins for, for 15, 20 yards to make that key third down completion and keep the chains moving and going back to the run. That's what I've been, been impressed with. Those two misses in the end zone, though, that, that's totally on the quarterback. Yeah, and and he knows that, and the Browns know that, that there were opportunities to make plays in the passing game, and he didn't do it. But he didn't – it wasn't as if his inability to find the end zone was costing you the game. It may yeah. have made things tighter, but it didn't, it didn't mess everything up. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It, it, it was – he did what he had to do for the team to be successful. And ultimately that is what you need out of a quarterback. Now, when you're talking a franchise guy, obviously you want a guy that can throw a million touchdowns like Aaron (laughs) Rodgers or like Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes. But you have a guy in Baker who is doing what is necessary for the team to be successful, not necessarily his individual statistics, but for the team to be in a better place. And you, in my opinion, that's a good quarterback. That's a guy who you want to help lead your team. Exactly. 
and and that's the selflessness that is seemingly being just just run downhill from the front office to the coach to the players everybody's in everybody's rising up how about by the way y- 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 y'all have seen it by now if you missed it in the live game on the uh, on twitter or whatever the nick chubb stiff arm to the throat of a 250 plus pound man and he one armed his ass to the ground phenomenal like just just busy again nick chubb business like you are in my way I want to get here. Goodbye. Like, nothing emotional about it. Just stiff arm. You're gone. Strictly business. Business. Um, And keep in mind, Nick Chubb is not a tiny human being either. So when he's got a full head of steam like on that play and he gets a chance to get you, Mm -hmm. it's going to (laughs) hurt. Yeah. You're not walking away without some bruises on that one. It's going to not feel too good. Just, just phenomenal. So Baker overall, 12 of 22, 204. Chubb, 20 carries, 114 yards. Uh, Hunt, as we said, had the touchdown on the carries. Who had in their in their prop play pool, uh, Daryl Hodge uh, leading the team in receiving yards yesterday. Three catches tied with Higgins and Hooper, but 73 yards to Hodge. And Matt, I guess the reason he was out on the field most and outsnapped Jarvis Landry is because of his ability as a blocker, right? Yeah. I don't really know about that, though, because I know Hodge is a really good blocker, but Jarvis Landry loves to hit people. He does. like He loves being out on the edge and throwing a block. He really does, and he's good at it. So I don't know that they lose all that much or gain all that much by sticking Hodge in there, but they're just more comfortable with him, so they're going to roll with it. And that's fine. Hey, if he's making plays, I have no problems there. And Jarvis Landry probably could use the – the time off because he does work his tail off and he has been dealing with a broken rib for a few weeks now. So, Hey, you can get him some rest, save him for the stretch run. That's fine by me. Yeah. And and that's what I was going to go. Maybe Landry still is, is they don't want to put his body at too big of a risk. Um, we talked about talkie talkie protect him from himself almost in that case. Cause he's going to get full effort all the time. Yeah. Right. Which is what and we love about him. And you, you want that. You don't want to coach that out of him, mm-hmm. but you also know that you have to pull the reins in a little bit if you want to keep him around. Yeah, longer term, for sure. Um, how about Taki Taki, Matt? Like, uh, we, we said, I think we said, funny enough, on the on the, pr- the pregame show, the preview show on uh, Saturday, I was like, where's Taki Taki? I haven't seen him in two years. He's like, oh, yeah, Andy McNamara? Boom. How you like that pick six, man? You you showed me Taki Taki. You can show me every week, Taki Taki. You can show me. Show me every week, please. That was great. And a tackle for a loss. Like, hey, man, dudes are stepping up, Matt. That's what we see on good teams. Guys stepping up. And Taki Taki did that, as did the, the list we went through before on the defensive line. There's two points that I have off of that. First of all, you are like the podcast version of Sheldon Richardson, and you were poking the bear <laughs> for the sake of the benefit of the team because right. he was poking my, at Miles earlier this year saying, you can't get a strip sack fumble again this week. You know you you know you can't do it two weeks in a row, right? <laughs> Miles got pissed, and Sheldon Richardson's a freaking genius because he knew that it was going to piss off Miles. And I love he that. Then went out there and got more strip sack fumbles, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know that's kind of I guess what, that's what we're going to label you now. I, I'll, I'll <laughs> is, take it. Is the uh, is the Sheldon Richardson of the podcast world? I, I will. Um, I will absolutely take that. <laughs> 
my my other point to that was you say on good teams guys step up and i think that's part of it and olivier vernon alluded to that easy enough to say <laughs> for me anyway uh alluded to that after the game that hey we know we wasted an opportunity last year and we're trying to make up for that by taking advantage of every opportunity we have this year right. we know we screwed up and we're trying to make it better and I, that speaks a lot to me because most of the guys that are on this team right now we're a huge part of the 2019 team and they know that that was a mess and a dumpster fire and just guys didn't do what they were supposed to do. And that's from the coaches on down to the players and they're not going to repeat the same thing. And that's nice to hear from the older guys on the team because they know they're running short on opportunities to make play, uh, to play on meaningful or good teams playing meaningful games in December and January. And they are taking this extremely seriously. This is something we have not seen before. It's it's amazing. Um, and when we look at coming out of that game against sloppy, you forced turnovers, you got it done. Parky, now the one kick got blocked. I don't blame that on him. Dude converted again. Okay, Cody, you know, golf clap for you. Don't want you to get a, too big of a head. Got to keep going. Okay. But Cody Parkey doing doing his job as well, um, Matt Andrew Sandejo. Come on, what? Come on, like what? <laughs> come on, man. What are we doing? The guy and now Ronnie Harrison's banged up too. He left with a knee. You have Denzel Ward with a calf MR. I'm gonna have to see more Sandejo. Sandejo's the king of 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 touching a guy when he's down. It's like I helped. Like get out of my life. He's here. Oh, <laughs> you know. You know you this has happened to you in the past. You know that that is going to be the guy, and I, I, I do not keep in mind, I'm not wishing injury on anyone, but you know the guy that you can't stand seeing play is going to be the guy that doesn't miss a snap. The Iron Man. Because yeah. he's yeah. just there to aggravate <laughs> Andy McNamara. The Iron Man of the Browns, Andrew Sandejo. Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. I, I wish I wish the 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 uh, uh, talkie talkie thing could work for him. Can you make a play that's positive, Sandejo? Please, please, like, give me give me a couple here. But in, in any case, just a just a phenomenal game. Um, note from and we'll get into this, of course, much more when the Browns head to Jacksonville, taking on the Jaguars on uh, Sunday, um, and our Saturday show. But Josh Allen, the defensive end for the Jaguars, is set to miss multiple weeks, so he's one of their star defensive ends who can get to the quarterback, so he is going to miss time on an already very bad Jacksonville Jaguars team who the Pittsburgh Steelers just dismantled. So that is good news for the Browns when we're, we're dealing with that. Um, but, Matt, when we look at the standings here, oh, I'm sorry, Baltimore? What? Yeah, I can't say. Oh, you're in, you're in third. You're in third place. Six and four losers yesterday. And I have to say, I loved I, I tweeted a, uh, a reply to the official Browns uh, uh, one where they put Twitter, we won, we're seven and three, we're in second. And I put Ravens lost, uh, Lamar Jackson exposed again, hashtag Ratbirds. And the Browns official site uh, liked the tweet. I was very pleased. Oh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> it was yeah. great. Are you done? Do, do, do you want to just 
continue on that rant there for well, a second. You, know you just want to let that marinate. I, I, I think I think that's I think that one there was good. What I would also like to say is the Ravens are unraveling that because they're crybaby whiners led by their coach, John Harbaugh. His brother's a whiner at Michigan. He's a whiner. His father was a coach. I'm sure he complained to referees too. He didn't shake Mike Vrabel's hand afterwards because they stood, the players stood on the Ravens' stupid logo. I don't even know what their logo is. As, as, as uh, checkers? What are we playing? Checkers? What, what, what is that thing? It looks like a race car. Uh, the, no, that, that's the state of Maryland's flag. Well, it's a terrible flag. Maryland, you suck. Baltimore, you suck too. How you like that, Maryland? You got nothing. You got your crab cakes, maybe, and that's it. So you got that. You got some. You, it's a terrible logo. It's a terrible logo. I, I, there's there's other things that you could do on that logo that are more appropriate that I won't say on the podcast. But he got all mad. Harbaugh's coming out. He's chirping players before the game. That's how a pro coach. Ca- and then Lamar Jackson after mad. He's sad. Lamar Jackson say, "Oh, it looks like people want us to lose." I wonder if maybe that is because Lamar, because in the preseason, you remember when we were talking. Remember, Matt, we were doing the show and uh, Lamar Jackson was asked, hey, hey, MVP, reigning MVP, how do people, how do people stop you? And he said, oh, th- they can't. Oh, well, you make statements like that, pal. People want to bring you down and you lost again and you're exposed as the fake wannabe quarterback that you are. Lamar Jackson, loser again. And now he's sad, Matt. Oh, no one likes you. No one oh. likes the Ravens. It's called humility, oh, and oh. in dealing, and I'm not just saying this because I worked for the Browns, but in dealing with that organ, that particular organization, for the last eleven years, arrogance is like the key ingredient for oh. you to get in the door. Really, they are all. Everybody that I've dealt with from that franchise has always thought themselves thought very. Uh, higher of themselves than they probably should have. Really? And that goes from coaches, that goes from PR reps, that's just everything. The guys that I've dealt with have been extremely difficult to deal with. Now that's interesting. And that is a top-down thing in that organization. So I'm not surprised when people want Uh, to see them lose. I did not know. Because they have it coming. In my opinion, I love that. I love that. Well, because Matt, automatically you think Ozzie Newsom for so many years seemed like a very humble guy. So that he was the lone exception, and that's because he was a former Brown. That's why he was the <laughs> lone exception. And people to this day, I will defend Ozzie when they say, "Oh, he was a traitor to the Browns." No, nah, no, nah. you could say that, but he was loyal to the guy that gave him a shot yeah. when African Americans were not getting a chance to run teams. Yeah. I don't blame Ozzy for that. No, 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 no. That's... I cannot fault Ozzy for that, and he had a Hall of Fame career as a general manager yep. too. And there was and no he's team. Gonna get, he's going to get back into Canton again because Lord knows he deserves it. Yeah, I'm with you there. Now that's inch- – oh, Matt, that, that just puts that cherry on top of that, Ra- that the Ravens' tears. I wish the Ravens and John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson – Matt, I wish they would sell this because I'd buy a bottle – just collect your tears, put it in a nice plastic bottle, a little logo on it. I want to drink the tears of the sadness of the Ravens and their fans. Ooh, that is good. That is great. I love it. Matt, they're six and four. They're not unraveling. as good as Cleveland whiskey, though. Well, you know that's right. You know that's right. <laughs> I, I, can't get, I can't get a bottle of either. I, well, one's not even real. One I can't get across the border. So, you know, I'm, I'm stuck there. 
but we we, we look at, at the <laughs> we look at the Browns back ascending, right? We get them them ascending, and I just hope, Matt, because we've seen over the years when the Browns play the Jaguars, especially in Jacksonville, but really doesn't matter where. For whatever reason, that is a weird spot for this organization. You better go down. I know they only got one win. You can't mess around. This is a absolute, not a must win, of course, until you're going to be eliminated, whatever. But you need this win. You need this win. This should be as close to a gimme as you can get, and you cannot take that team lightly. No, you can't. And I know that from firsthand experience because I watched them for six turnovers against the Jaguars in Jacksonville and still lose a game. Still lose. I remember so, that. Yep. Was that Colt McCoy? I, uh, was, was McCoy the quarterback then? No? I'm trying to remember. I thought it might have been Colt. Yeah, he might have, and I think that was the game that he had a high ankle sprain. Ooh, okay. Wouldn't it be nice when we don't have to remember things like that? <laughs> We're getting there. Well, unfortunately, okay. <laughs> you're always going to because it was so bad for that long stretch. Oh. But hopefully we get a nice prolonged stretch of well, goodness to cheer for. You're absolutely right there. Uh, Matt, who gets your game ball? I'm going to give it to Taki Taki. Nice. Um, nice. A guy who didn't get a whole hell of a lot of defensive snaps over his first 27 games, or uh, actually, no, 25 games. And was given an opportunity yesterday in spot duty and came up with arguably the play that got the Browns rolling. And he's, he's a good, solid, hard worker. They always have to kind of dial him back in practice because he likes to hit. And to see him finally get to make a play on game day on defense, not just on special teams, I think was pretty special for that team. And really, it might have been the thing that ignited the defense. Yeah. Well, especially when points were at a premium, you get that. And, and on a day when the offense struggles, that's what good teams do. They step up, they help each other. Complimentary football, right? Complimentary football. That's what we're finally seeing here. And that's what's so, that's what's so important about that. Um, my game ball, I'm going to give to Olivier Vernon and I'm totally with you on talkie talkie, but Vernon three sacks, including a safety. Let's go. Like, that's, that's the guy we've been waiting for to show up. Let's keep that going. Game ball goes to Olivier Vernon for me. That is spectacular. So defense gets it. Um, really, whole team win there. Just just phenomenal. And I want to give a shout-out to uh, new friends of ours here, Cleveland Landmarks Press. And I had a chance to talk to their publisher, Greg Deegan, earlier today. Heck of a guy. And what I learned, because I came across a couple of their books that really interested me online. So I called, had a little chat with them. And it's Cleveland Books for Cleveland Memories. And, and Matt, this is a small part-time publisher. Like, this isn't their, their full-time gig. What they do is they build memories for whether you're in Cleveland, outside of Cleveland, whatever. And it's about the community spirit. And it's been since 1980. And they go into, like, they had a great couple of years ago. Great book on Bernie Kosar, Learning to Scramble. Uh, we got that copy a couple years ago. Um, but like different different ones about different landmarks, like a Higby building, the history behind it, East 4th Street. They have all these different types of books. And it's about, when I talked to Greg, he said, look, it's a labor of love. They don't do this to get rich. They do it because they want to show pride in the community. And as soon as I hear that, uh, you know what? We got to support these guys. So I want to give all them a shout in. out. I'm all yep. in. I'm absolutely. I'm 100 all in. I want you guys to get a moment, and we're going to put a link in the uh, in the show page as well. 
but Cleveland Landmarks with an S, ClevelandLandmarksPress.com. The type of books, like they have everything from as as localized as suburbs of Cleveland story to the transit history to Bernie Kosar to to rock and roll to get some cool gangster stuff to surviving the drought to the old there's one about the old uh, Cleveland Municipal Stadium you can roll through and it, th- there's just so much there and it's so cool um and, and when I talked to Greg he told me he's an educator like I said for more than a couple decades runs the company by himself um, and as a part-time press, 40 titles have sold more than 150,000 books. So give it a look. Perfect holiday season gift, right? Birthdays, whatever. And you were looking at the site too, Matt. Like there's a ton to go through, right? Oh, man. Yeah, you can get lost in there for a while. <laughs> and just, you know, if you're shopping for a book about Cleveland and you're interested in the history of the town, you really can't go wrong. I and mean, they have you covered from soup to nuts. They've really got everything. It's so cool. It's really cool. Um, the Bernie Kosar book too. Yeah. You, you guys got to check that one out. That is a, that is a really great read, but yeah, check it out. Look around. Um, and if you have any questions, hit us up or, or hit clevelandlandmarkspress.com. But uh, just really good, local, honest guys. And you know, Matt, when it comes to, to Cleveland, my second home, it's uh, if, if I, if I, and we as a show can help that out, we're going to do it. Heck yeah, man. This is home for both of us. You by, by choice, me by birth. And, uh, we're always, we're, we're lucky that a lot of people take pride in this city and will take up the mantle to fight for this city when everybody else seems to try and take jabs at it. No, you don't, don't do that here. Nope. Nope. (laughs) We We may have had some issues in the past and we still may have issues now, but this, this city is has a lot more to it than what people give it credit for outside of Northeast Ohio. And I'm really happy to help support a company that embraces that history and wants to inform people on what Cleveland is really all about. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, I'm actually looking too. They have the, uh, a Cleveland's towering treasure landmark turned 75 with the terminal tower. Oh, that's cool too. Man, I can just get lost in here. We'll, we'll do a whole show of me just like reading what what's up with the with the website. <laughs> but I'm sure they wouldn't object to that. No, but you know what? Check it out, folks. <laughs> ClevelandLandmarksPress.com. dot um, And again, Greg Deegan, the publisher, small labor of love uh, uh, publisher there. Uh, help help local insider out of Cleveland. Get the books from there. All right, buddy. Good. We'll we'll be back on Saturday setting up Jaguars versus Browns. See if Cleveland Matt eight and three is on the table. Let's go. Hey, man. I'm all about these Victory Mondays. Oh. I want to talk to you again this time next week. What do you say? Let's, huh? Let's do go it. get it. Let's book it. All right. For Matt Fleur-Jancic, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to The Dog House, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns on SB Nation's Dogs by Nature.